hard money, um, minimal retrades, and coming to see the asset uh, shortly after offering. Those are the things that, assuming pricing is within line, um, can and will set you apart in a best and final situation. Hello and welcome to Pillars of Wealth Creation, where we talk about creating financial success with a special focus on business and real estate. I'm your host, Todd Dexheimer. Now, let's get to it. Hey, today I'm going to share a little bit different episode. Uh, I recorded this not really for the podcast. I actually recorded this for my coaching clients. I wanted them to learn how to talk with brokers and what brokers are really looking for. So I brought Stash uh, on just to talk to really my myself, my coaching clients, and I kind of interviewed them, asked them questions about how to build relationships with brokers. And I thought after that, this would be actually good to share on my podcast. So I'm sharing it with everyone here um, so you can hear what kind of steps or what to look for, what to do when you're looking at building broker relationships. Because we want the best deals. We want to be taken seriously for the good deals. And by building the right relationships with brokers, by building them the right way and doing the, the right things and maybe avoiding some of the mistakes and, and he points some of those out, uh, we can definitely be taken seriously and get those good deals actually under contract. So take a listen, tons of really good information uh, that Stash provided us and I definitely appreciate him uh, taking the time with it. Take a listen and uh, you know, let us know what you think. Okay, I want to talk about building relationships with brokers and I've got a broker expert here um, with Capstone with, in the Cincinnati office, Stash Galisensky. I probably just butcher that, even though I just asked you your last name. I just call you Stash. That's that's what I prefer. <laughs> so, so real quick, Stash, tell me, um, you know, about the brokers that you're with. How long have you been there, and kind of what your specialty with them is? Sure. So, um, Capstone Apartment Partners is a uh, multifamily investment sale shop. We have uh, our headquarters is in Charlotte but we have offices in Tampa, Orlando, Nashville, Charlotte, Cincinnati, and we just opened an Atlanta office. Hmm. Um, you know, our clients range from private client, so one to two million on up through institutional grade uh, properties or, or clients up to, you know, hundred million dollars or more. Um, out of our shop, I've got uh, two other senior brokers with me, Sharif Gouda and Nathan Murphy, and we have uh, a junior. His name is Corey. He just joined us recently, uh, Corey Mason, and we have our analyst, uh, Zach Jansen, here. Um, so we have five guys in this shop. And what kind of separates us from our competition is that we try and we do collaborate across offices often. Many of our largest sales have come through relationships that other clients or other offices have had and they're like, Hey, we need somebody to help us service this. So we're like, Hey, we're all for it. So we like to work uh, across the platform, I guess. Um, to, and our goal is to go out and maximize the value for our clients. Cool. Cool. And you guys are based in Cincinnati, but I know you've got 
deals you've listed in you know, Cleveland, you've listed in yeah. um, even down in like West Virginia, haven't you? And it kind of, kind of the Kentucky. Um, yeah. So we're based in Cincinnati and our, our territory generally it's Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. We yeah. kind of split up Kentucky with our Nashville office, but like if they come up with a listing there, we'll, they'll put at least one of us on it and we'll do the same. Like we have uh, a listing right now in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, the 800 tower. And we've got uh, Adam Clank, who's the managing director of, of that office on that listing. God. Because like I said, we like to cross collaborate. Yep. Yep. So let's dive into um, just building broker relationships. And I think it's super important to do it obviously the right way. Uh, sure. So I want to talk to you about what's, you know, kind of what you like to see as far as when people are trying to build a relationship, what you like to see, what makes, maybe we want to ask, you know, what separates the people that are actually getting some of these off market deals from those who aren't. And then even, even a fully marketed deal, you know, you as a broker don't necessarily get to pick who wins, but you definitely influence that. If you've got two buyers and you know one of them is really solid, my guess is you're probably saying, hey, look, I mean, we know this buyer and they will close on the deal. Yeah. Um, so I guess the best way to build a relationship with a broker, and I think this is universal across um, all of my major competitors, uh, is don't ask for an off-market deal as, <laughs> as our first interaction. Yeah. Uh, the properties that we have out there, uh, we put a lot of time and effort into underwriting them. And, you know, we have professional photos taken, drones. We have a whole marketing team that has put together an offering memorandum for the explicit purpose of selling the asset. Yeah. So I think there's a misconception out there that just because it's listed, uh, it's a bad deal. Or if it's yeah. on LoopNet, it's not a good deal. And I think that that couldn't be farther from the truth. Um, you know, if it's listed, that means that they want to sell it. Yep. So you should pay attention to it as opposed to asking for off market. Well, the reason it's not on the market is because they're not necessarily that motivated to sell yep. for whatever reason. Uh, so there's a lot of attention in, oh, just give me your off market deals. Like the biggest turn off for me is, yeah, I don't like this for whatever reason, um, but what do you have off market? And it's like nothing for you, sir, nothing. Um, so that, that's my first uh, position on that. And, and so there are off market deals, right? Like we're in the midst of closing a, a bunch of them at the moment, but those go to the clients that we know can and will perform and usually when it's off market, we get one or two bullets and um, we take those deals to the groups that we know can and will perform. Um, what, you know, what happens, you get a deal uh, or you have a lead on a deal. So, so oftentimes an off market deal, Stash, correct me if I'm wrong, but you don't have exclusive rights on that thing. So any broker could bring a bring a buyer in and right. you get paid nothing right yeah right and, yeah. and so so 
you bring a buyer in and that buyer. So if I call you up on the phone, I go, Hey, you know, I'm looking, I'm looking in Cincinnati. I'm from wherever in New York and I'd like to buy a deal. What kind of off market deals you got? And you go, Hey, I got this great deal. Take a look at it. And, and I take a look at it. I like it. And I decide, Hey, I'm going to, you know, execute on this deal. And it actually falls through. Are you going to have another opportunity to bring even a, an offer or any, you know, can, can you get a commission on that deal from somebody else? I mean, um, in some occasions, yes. Um, but oftentimes like, you know, if the buyer that you brought and you essentially vouch for them, then turns around and pulls on it for whatever reason, I then end up looking like an idiot. Yeah. You as a buyer, you don't really have any consequences other than I'm not going to call you again. Or I may take your call, but it's like, okay, like I, I'm discounting you in yeah. my mind because yeah. I can't count on it. Um, this is, you know, it's a, a relationship business. And um, in the same way that I have to go out and establish and build relationships with uh, prospective sellers and buyers, um, you know, they need to do the same with us. You know, it's, it's a give and take. So, and, you know, groups that just want off market, they just take, 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 that's all they want. And so it's like, you know, look at what I have listed and, you know, actually put some time and thought and effort into it. Um, and if they're not for you, that's okay. But at least we've established that if I show you something, you're going to take it seriously and, you know, give it a good underwrite. And you can give me legitimate reasons why your it's either not for you or your price is what your price is versus where we need to be sellers at. Yeah. And if we can't meet on it, that's okay. But, um, you know, it shows me that you put some, the worst is when I call somebody to follow up on a deal and they're like, Oh, I look at so many deals. Uh, which one is this? And it's like, all right, I know that this guy's not our buyer, but you know, we have to go through the motions. Yeah. 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 And you guys are putting, I think a lot of people discount the value sometimes of brokers and you guys have put a lot of time and effort into it. You guys have done the underwriting. Uh, you have a team in place that does the underwriting that's trying to do the homework and granted your job is to sell the property, but you know, you're, you've got a lot of service that you've done. When I look at a full offering memorandum from, from you guys or from other brokerages, there's a lot of due diligence in there. There's a lot of homework and it arms me with a lot of value versus if you just sent me like a, a T12 and a rent roll, you know, that's great. But I have to do so much more work when I just have that. Um, so yeah, it, it, a lot of people discount what you as a broker offer, I think. And like you said, I just want to get these off-market deals, which, you know, sometimes can be the best deals, but I see a lot of off-market deals that aren't even close to working. Um, and it's what you said, right. the seller just doesn't have any interest. The seller goes, look, hey, Stash, if you can get me 10 million on this deal, I'll sell it. Yeah, that's great. It's worth six, but yeah. Five on a good day. And it's yeah. like, oh, let me go see what I can do. Like, so that's another thing. Not all brokers are created equal. Like the barriers to entry of are high and they're low. They're low in that all you need is a real estate license. 
Yeah. Uh, but they're high in that getting, you know, really high quality, high caliber deals, legitimate deals that are deliverable and saleable at a price that's not just some pie in the sky. You know, that takes years of relationship building and trust building. And, you know, our biggest competitors have, you know, 25, 35 years in the business. And we're up against that every single day. Yeah. And they've, you know, they've known these people since the nineties and I'm only, I'm a new kid on the block here in Cincinnati only, only 10 years in. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. It takes time and effort to establish those relationships for sure. Um, what as a, you know, as a broker, um, you know, we, we talk about, well, we want to make sure we continually contact the brokers and how often is, is, enough how much is too much maybe and how much is too little if there's um, like a magic number obviously there's there's nothing yeah there. well i mean it, it kind of equates to what we're doing actively like you know so i've got in my prospecting efforts a group a top group that i'm trying to be in touch with say monthly um because they're high transactors um or I want to get a deal from them or to them. Then there's a group that I'm contacting. It's a larger group, but maybe I'm contacting uh, via phone, maybe once a quarter, perhaps. Um, so I think somewhere between once a month to once a quarter is probably fair. Stay on the radar and top of mind. Because sometimes, like you and I have had it, it's like, well, here's what I have going on. But you know, we've kind of already covered it. Yeah. But tomorrow or, or the next call to change everything. So um, it just depends. And you don't want to get to, I build my practice on being really persistent, working really hard. But, you know, I, I know that I've earned some potential relationships uh, or maybe slightly damaged them by over following up, by being just, too present and too persistent because it's like and that was early on um just because i was so eager and it's good to be eager but it's also a bit of a poker game too so as a buyer um or as a broker it's like hey i'm here i'm here i guess my philosophy is I'm here to provide a service but I don't want to seem overly eager because then, you know, the, the perceived value is uh, diminished. Yeah. Yeah. And I think uh, to it, it maybe depends on what you're calling for. And if you're calling every time just to ask for a deal and you're calling once a week, that's probably overbearing. Right. Sure. But if you're, if you've called and you talked about the deals that you got and then you call, you know, the following week or five days later for a follow-up on, you know, what you found on those deals, and then maybe you call even a couple of weeks later and you've got some value potentially to even add to the broker. Right. That's, that's different than calling every time and going, Hey, you know, what, what do you have? What's what do you have? Yeah. What's then, right. Then that's the give and take relationship. If you're always trying to take, take, take and not adding any value, then it's going to get to a point where I don't want to talk to this guy. Yeah. Hey, I want to interrupt uh, real quick and just 
say, if you're looking for some help, if you are interested in multifamily investing and you want to dig deeper, now's a great time to connect with me and talk about what that would look like, how I can help you get to the next level. And I know there's a lot going on right now. So it's kind of confusing. Should I jump in? Should, what should I do? Well, I can tell you this from experience. Now is the time to learn. And now is the time to really understand how to take that next step because there will be opportunity. Opportunity probably isn't going to happen for a little bit here, but the opportunity is going to be coming or potentially uh, coming, depending, of course, on how things shake out. Now is the time to be learning. So when that does come in six months and 12 months, when that comes, you are ready to take action. You're ready to take the next steps and you're ready to actually take advantage of what could come down the pipeline. Uh, so now is a great time. I'd love to help you. I'd love to help you get there uh, if you're looking for that next step. So reach out and go to coachwithdex.com, coachwithdex.com. And, uh, and just do a discovery call to see if it's a right fit for you. The other couple things I want to mention, uh, we got the North Star Real Estate Conference. That's been put on hold, but it's still coming. We're going to be doing it in the fall now of 2020. And we'd love to have you there. Love to have you. Love to be able to shake your hand uh, or give you an elbow bump, whatever is the, the in thing at that time. And uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic information. We've got a bunch of great speakers that are still planning on coming. So I'd love to have you at the North Star Real Estate Conference in Minneapolis. You can go on to nreconference.com. You can click uh, and get your tickets with the promo code EARLYBIRD. Uh, the last thing, again, I just want to say I really appreciate you listening to this show, and I hope you're getting a lot from it. I would love to hear from you on what you want out of this show. If there's anything that we're doing that we could do better, there's any way we can serve you in a better way. I'd really love to know that to be able to take some time and help cater this show better to my audience. So you can uh, definitely give us a note, uh, pillars of wealth creation. You can give us a note. Uh, you can um, write us on Facebook. We've got our pillars of wealth uh, Facebook page. You can connect with me personally on Facebook. Uh, just Todd, Daxheimer. Um, so you can, I don't think there's too many of me. Uh, so you can connect with me and just let us know what we can do to help better serve you. If you've got guest suggestions, if you've got uh, questions that you'd like us to ask, uh, our, our hump day hustle. So love to really make sure this show is about you and not just about us, of course. I really appreciate you listening and, and being a, a loyal listener and uh, subscribing and helping us build our audience. Let's get back to the show. Beyond that, like what are some kind of big things that maybe you get that first call and you're like, yeah, yeah, they're sure they're on my list because you know, whatever, but they're probably never going to be a buyer anything like that. Or maybe that you see as, as the relationship gets built, we're like, Boy, and these people aren't aren't gonna buy anything. Um, I think, and maybe it's partially on me, but I've had some occasions where recently there's a, a gentleman who would call me once a month, and, and I liked him. Um, still like him. I think he's a fine person, but 
he's like, hey, I want a value add deal. Um, and so I was like, all right, let's come look at this, this listing that I have. And we toured it and spent, you know, a lot of time with it. And then he came back afterwards and said, well, you know, I know that's a value add deal, but that's not, ex that's not really what I'm looking for. And so, you know, my price would have, I know you guided me here, but I'm way down here. And so it's like, all of that kind of capital that he had established and built, I feel maybe he wasted because we, and, and maybe, maybe it was on me. I should have done a better job qualifying exactly what he was looking for. Yeah. But he said he wanted value add. We talked about it, showed it to him. Oh no, that's not what I want. And it's like, well, maybe you should just go invest in bonds or something. <laughs> so, so know what you want, know what you're looking for and truly understand it. And then beyond that, uh, make sure you get an understanding from the broker what, what you're going to look at. Um, yeah. If you don't well, fully understand it, then let's let's do that before we go tour a property because you're you're spending a lot of time to go take to take a tour. I mean, you got to get out of your office and drive there and spend the hour there, and then you know all yeah. that. So you're that's a lot of your time, especially at the end. They're just gonna say, "Well, that's not what I'm looking for." Yeah, no, that's it's aggravating to say the least. Yeah, and, uh, anything either side can do to avoid that. Uh, is best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything that, anything else that you like see, maybe first initial call, um, you know, uh, how, how do we want to, what, what people do to maybe some things that people could avoid? Um, you know, I think that like, like I mentioned earlier, if I call you and you don't know what deal I'm talking about, I might as well just hang up on you. I don't, but I might as well, because if your response is, oh man, I look at so many deals, like you, then it's to a point where you look at so much that you're never going to get anything done. And you're probably looking at so much because you don't really have the capability and you're trying to um, find maybe a diamond and you know, there's, there is a lot of sifting that has to uh, occur, even for us too. Like, you know, if we take, you know, 20 deals to market, we're probably underwriting a hundred of them. Some of them we're not getting because we're losing them to uh, competitors. So we usually win listings, but some of them are just not realistic um, for whatever reason. And maybe it's, maybe it's the deal we underwrite today and we'll get it in 18 to 24 months. So to your question, if you're going to request information or you're going to go through the process of downloading our information, signing our CA and things, um, make sure that when we call you, uh, you know what we're calling about. Because I'm gonna tell you what, but don't say, oh, which deal was that? Because then it's like, all right, I'm immediately discounting anything yeah. you say. And I know you're not going to come in and see it. So that's, that's one thing, I suppose. 
Let's talk about quickly, and we got a little bit of time, so I want to be respectful of your time, but sure. let's talk quickly about um, that offering process. So we did establish a good relationship with you, and you brought us a deal, whether it's off-market, on-market, loop net, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but we got this deal. We underwrote it. We like it. We put the, our LOI in. What's going to make us be attractive other than price? Because we know that obviously price is a big thing, but right. other than price, what's going to make us look attractive to you and the seller to where you're going to go, Hey, I think you should strongly consider this offer. Um, so we have seen in the past where groups won't even come in and tour it until they're invested fine, which there are different philosophies. I guess it's okay, but I think if you've seen a property, there's much more credibility to your offer um, than if you have not seen it and you're, and you're offering on it. So I think, you know, making the trek, right? If you're on the coasts or you're in a different part of the country, drive to us or fly to us, come see the asset um, either before you've offered on it or very shortly thereafter so that, you know, we can look each other in the eye and, and know that, okay, I, I feel confident about this. Yeah. So seeing, seeing the asset form, um, you know, if we haven't worked together, I'm going to want to know, um, have you ever retraded on a deal? So have you gone under contract at a certain price, gotten through your inspections, and then, oh, you know, I, I know we're under contract at $10 million, but I see that the paint color here is brown, and I thought it was going to be blue. I need $2 million to fix this. I'm exaggerating a little bit. but yeah, Hopefully nobody does that, right? <laughs> um, but, you know, we want to know if you've retraded before, and, you know, we want to see some and why references right and why if it's legit like if there are underground tanks there yeah um and we didn't know about it and you found it in due diligence and the seller knew but he didn't tell us well then that's legit right yeah, yeah. but if it's just for routine repairs and maintenance that, that that you would have seen or if you see that the roofs need to be replaced but then you get through your due diligence to see oh the roofs need to be replaced well you saw that when you toured it so yeah okay you know, so keep due diligence or keep retrades from them. Um, the third that we've seen really so you could offer 15 million, 25 million on a deal that's worth, you know, eight to 10, right? And the seller could be enticed by that, but it doesn't matter what you offer, it matters where you close. And so, one way to ensure that you are going to do what you say you're going to do and close at generally the price that, that we go under contract at is by putting up hard money. Um, and I know that's scary for, uh, it can be, um, but that shows us that you as the buyer um, have serious sense of purpose, uh, that you're putting up this money that's non-refundable, uh, say at contract signing, um, and it's enough where it's going to be painful to walk away from. So that could be, you know, 25,000. It could be a, a hundred thousand. Um, you know, there, and there are ways to work through that, right? So we could have maybe an early access agreement as we're accepting your LOI and we're going to contract. 
where you can kind of get in and do your due diligence on physical due diligence almost before uh, we do our, our contract due diligence. Right. Cause there's always, uh, there's always a, you know, a time period between the LOI and actually signing. Right. So you're saying in between there, right. you, we, get in, you can check it out. Those access agreements um, effectively. Yep. Uh, and then that way, you know, a lot of that question is out of the way. And we, we all kind of know going into the contract signing that, all right, this is highly likely to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, hard money, um, minimal retrades, and coming to see the asset uh, shortly after offering. Those are the things that, assuming pricing is within line, um, can and will set you apart in a best and final situation, or even just a, uh, maybe it's an off-market situation, but that show that seriousness of purpose that we're not just wasting each other's time. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I, I won't take up any more time. I just want to kind of recap. I really appreciate you talking about the off-market thing because I think so many people, and myself probably included, get stuck into like, hey, I want this off-market deal. Where, as you said, look, we've put a lot of time into these fully marketed properties. And just because they're fully marketed doesn't mean they're bad deals. It means the seller's yeah. motivated. The seller right. wants to sell the yeah. property. So, yeah, are you going to pay... Um, do you, do you have to pay close to what everybody else wants to pay? Yeah. But on an off market deal, you might pay way higher than what everybody else was willing to pay because just because you thought it was this off market. Oh, this deal. is an amazing deal. And it's like, yeah. okay, good. Yeah. Right. Congratulations. Right. Right. So I appreciate that. I mean, I think that's super important for people to understand. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, definitely just the overall communication with brokers and, persistence with it, but not being overbearing, probably and nagging. Uh, and then following through with what you say you're going to do, knowing your criteria, um, following through with that, all just a bunch of good stuff. So definitely appreciate it. Yeah, this is, um, I appreciate it, Todd. Thanks for the opportunity and um, look forward to getting something done. Yeah. <laughs> Any last closing remarks? Uh, what you like to see, don't like to see, Any anything else that you want to add? Are we good? I think to your, your previous point about people not seeing the full value of, of brokers and kind of discounting uh, what we do, you know, if you take care of us, uh, we will take care of you. And so, you know, I'll just leave it at that. It's a relationship business. Yeah, exactly. And you get, you get out of it what you put into it. Yeah. So as with anything else. Awesome. Awesome, Stash. Appreciate it, definitely. Uh, and have a fantastic rest of the day, man. Thanks, Todd. You too. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you being a loyal listener. Say, I would love to have you go on to our Facebook page and subscribe. Uh, give us a thumbs up. Go on to iTunes or wherever you listen and give us a rating and review. Don't forget to subscribe. But your rating and review just helps us push this out to more and more people and continue to grow our audience and hopefully positively affect a ton of people out there that really need this and, and want this. So 
the other thing I've got for you is a free ebook on my website. So go on to VentureDProperties.com, VentureDProperties.com, and download our free ebook on real estate and on syndication. And I've got some data points in there, some really good stuff for you. So I'd love to have you take a look at that. It's free. I'm not expecting anything from it. Uh, and, and also, look, if you want some help in multifamily, want some help learning, growing, getting your business off the ground, I would love to talk to you about what it would look like uh, to work with me potentially and see if that's a good fit. So you can go to coachwithdex.com and check that out, and uh, we can definitely have a, uh, a call. Thanks a lot for listening. You make it a fantastic rest of the day. I'll catch you on the next episode.